the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are fortunate to be alive at this moment in history. I can hear you. I can hear you. The rest of the world hears you. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. The truth is plain to see. If you want freedom, take pride in your country. If you want democracy, hold on to your sovereignty. It's time for the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin of The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's Ed Martin on the Pro-America Report. Great to be with you today. Thank you for tuning in. Don't forget ProAmericaReport.com, ProAmericaReport.com. If you go there, you can sign up for the daily email. It's called The Wink, What You Need to Know, W-Y-N-K, What You Need to Know. Sign up there at 5 a.m. Pacific time, 8 a.m. East Coast time. You'll get that in your email box five days a week. It'll give you some key articles to read, a few links to some uh, of the great audio from this uh, program and other stuff. So go to ProAmericaReport.com. Com. Check in there. Thank you for doing that. Again, it's Ed Martin. Great to be with you tonight. And um, I have to tell you, we got a couple of great interviews as usual, and we'll get to them in a few minutes. Uh, we'll talk with uh, uh, our friend Dr. Brett M. Decker and then Selena Zito, the great Selena Zito, who did a Fourth of July visit to Gettysburg, as is her tradition, and also a very interesting column from a few days ago about uh, what can only be described as uh, America's finest who are in our military. It's just a great story about a young colonel that she wrote about. So we'll talk with her in a few minutes. But before we get to that, what do you need to know today? And I've been thinking about it. You know, I, I read the Wall Street Journal this morning, cover to cover. I was up earlier than usual even, and I, I sat there and I read it. And I, there's about six or seven stories about how China's on the march. And I thought, well, should I go back to talking about China? Uh, I know people hear me talk about the threat of China, and I, I know you're not tired of it. Or you realize we're in a second Cold War. It's really serious and all. But I thought, that's not it. And so today I want to talk to you about, I want to go back to the Mount Rushmore speech by President Trump. And I want you to listen to this quote from that speech and understand, because here's what you need to know today. In 17 weeks from today, on, and 17 weeks from today will be Election Day. And what's on the ballot in America in 17 weeks is American history. It's American culture. It's America's way of life. And when you hear what's at stake, as the president framed it on July 3rd, he framed this argument. He said, this is what I see. And you can say what you want about Donald Trump. There's lots of people that don't like some of his policies or some people that don't like his tweets, whatever that is. But you have to understand that by this point, he is a, a, a um, gifted uh, communicator. He knows how to communicate broadly to America. And he also knows 
what sort of time it is, to lack of a better phrase, it sounds a bit glib, but he knows what's happening. He sees that better than most. He, you know, for, for 25 years, he was a sort of major figure in New York City. Then for 10 years, he was a national uh, primetime TV success. Then he ran for office and succeeded in over two and a half years or so. So that's the state of this guy. And he gives this speech and, and he has framed it. And when he gives a speech on July 3rd at Mount Rushmore, what you need to know is he sees what the argument is. He's distilled it down. And by July 4th and 5th, Joe Biden's response is, let's beat Donald Trump and transform America. So even more than, say, Obama, when he was running at the in 08 and it was running sort of to say, look, I'm a I'm a new guy. I'm a new moment. African-American, you know, support me. And he used the phrase is transform America. But he wasn't dealing with um, he was not dealing with the the culture that we're at, the, the way of, of what's happening. So when Biden says we'll transform America, you have to know he's saying we'll go in the direction of the terrorists, the Black Lives Matter and Antifa. That's what he's saying. But here's Donald Trump. Here's the quote. I want to read it to you because I I also heard this back from a friend of mine. I sent it to him on uh, Saturday morning and he said that he 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 tweeted it, uh, excuse me, texted it to some friends, uh, liberal friends, and they were totally in agreement that that's what's on the ballot. So here's what here's this. This is a quote from the Rushmore speech. Make no mistake. This left wing cultural revolution is designed to overthrow the American Revolution. In so doing, this left-wing cultural revolution would destroy the very civilization that rescued billions from poverty, disease, violence, and hunger, and that lifted humanity to new heights of achievement, discovery, and progress. You see that? That's President Trump's words. That's his framing of what's going on. And that's exactly right. What's on the ballot this fall is whether you want to continue, and by the way, get better, Continue and get better as a as a civilization, uh, civilization fostering nation for the world. Billions of people, billions of people lifted out of poverty, billions of people given opportunity, not millions, not not 350 million Americans, billions because of what America's done. Billions. And the framework, the framing here is if you want to watch our cities, did you see the interview of the African-American man? He said, you said black lives matter. You killed our own today about the, his daughter who was murdered by protesters who gathered around a car, jostled the car that was trying to get through the protesters. And then somebody opened fire and a little girl died. And, and people are tearing down statues of Frederick Douglass. On the 4th of July in Baltimore, Maryland, they tear down and dance over the torn down statue of Christopher Columbus. I mean, come on. At this point, the president has made clear what the choice is. You know, we have a problem. We have to worry about getting coronavirus under control. We have a problem. We have to get the economy going in the right direction. That's all true. We have to worry about making sure things work better for everybody. But the choice is becoming stark and clear. And if you watch that entire speech, you will hear the president saying what is at the heart of America. And this morning at the early morning, I was up again early. A friend of mine texted me. Actually, I got up early and he had texted me late at night. He was up. He was up. Uh, he lives in the Midwest. He texted me probably one o'clock his time, which is two o'clock my time. But I saw the text when I got up at 530 a.m. this morning. And he said, if this keeps up. It's a landslide for Trump, like 72, which is a question people have. You know, what is it? What is this that's happening? Well, you know what? Are we facing, you know, Donald Trump not succeeding? Well, he's, he's got tough fights he's dealing with. 
The coronavirus is a tough fight. It's a pandemic. It's a once in a hundred years. And has it been perfect? No. Have the experts been wrong? Yes. Have the experts been right? Sometimes not much. And so the president's relied on experts. He's been betrayed by experts. He struggled to figure out who can do what. But what we ultimately have done and seen, and the media is not covering it, is that the death rate of this disease has gone down, down, down which has always been our goal, right, to try to get as many, get a vaccine, but until we get a vaccine, get as many people in a situation where we're not running out of hospital beds, not running out of ventilators, not running out of care, and we've done that. So it's that, this is all a success, except the media won't let it happen. But back to this question, what you need to know. In 17 weeks, you have a choice of the direction of the nation, because Joe Biden, nobody thinks he's a strong leader. He will be a caretaker president. And who will be running his presidency? Black Lives Matter types. People that are now beholden to that movement. There's no room to say this is some... Uh, some. Uh, remember, Bill Clinton ran in 1992. He ran and said, we ran losers on the left of our party in 1984 and, and, and before that, 1988. And Bill Clinton said, I'm a different Democrat. I'm a moderate. I'm a he remember he had to start a, a, a think tank. I think it was called the Democrat Leadership Council or something like that, DLC. And it was a, supposed to be a third way, a middle way. And whether it was true or not, he positioned himself as a Democrat who, you know, wanted abortion to be safe, legal and rare. Remember that he wasn't with the wing of the party that said we have to have abortion on demand and paid for by Planned Parenthood. All these years later, we don't have a leader who's saying, I'm going to be in charge. I will run a moderate you know, uh, 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 administration for Democrats. No, Joe Biden is beholden to the Black Lives Matter Antifa terrorist movement, and he signaled that. And so, again, you can dis- you can disagree with President Trump's positions on X or Y. There's plenty of room for that. You can disagree with his tweets. I hear that. And by the way, I'm not talking to the listeners of the program. You probably if you're listening to me, you're probably uh, generally supportive. I'm saying when you talk to your friends and others, I tell them, I say I talked yesterday to a friend. I said, look, I know you're frustrated by some of what you hear. But first of all, you have to understand the fake news is lying. But even still, it's a choice. I did an interview with a uh, a, a report um, a co- um, opinion um, host in um, England y- yesterday morning on on uh, Skype, and I said, "Look, in America, there's no such thing as you don't vote for the party in America. You vote for the leader, the president, and it comes down to a choice. And the choice is between these two people. And one has said, President Trump, and watch that Rushmore speech. Make no mistake, this left wing cultural revolution is designed to overthrow the American Revolution. Think about that." What Look, I told you, the preamble of the Constitution, you know, we the people, the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, we've always been striving for a more perfect union. Yesterday on the program, and you can go to uh, ProAmericaReport.com and find all these uh, interviews with, um, with all these great guests as standalone uh, links you can click on. But we had Michael Anthony, a, a pastor and a writer, and he talked about how this, you know, we, we the Judeo-Christian America is always striving to be better. But we're striving to be better in the context of the greatest nation that's ever happened, which includes law and order, which includes respect for all people, which includes all the things that we're talking about. And yet, as Trump said it and and Mount Rushmore, these people, this revolution, this this left wing cultural revolution would destroy the very civilization that has done so much. That's America. That's what's at stake. That's what you need to know. 
the clarity on this is, you know, you're, if you're if you're debating um, how corrupt government is or how bad the swamp is or how much you wish this or that, that's fine. And I want more of that. I want more of draining the swamp. I'm disgusted by the reports now of all the companies that got bailout money for during this period that did shouldn't have got it. Lawyers and bankers and others. I want all that changed. But at the heart of this right now is a choice whether you want to transform America like Black Lives Matter and Joe Biden or you want to keep America and keep going. That's the choice. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, it's, uh, we've got some great guests. I mentioned uh, just Selena Zito and Brett Decker and a lot more. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be right back. The Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. Ed Martin and the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here in the Pro-America Report. It's time to talk to our old friend, Dr. Brett M. Decker. Dr. Decker is a New York Times bestselling author, previously the editorial page editor of the Washington Times, also a journalist with the Wall Street Journal in Asia, lived over in uh, the Far East for a number of years, also lived in Europe, and uh, now is a professor at Defiance College in Ohio. Uh, welcome, Dr. Decker. How are you? Okay. You know, long, hot summer, for sure. Um, well, it's sure, it's sure. It, yeah. It it sure is. Hey, before we get to before we get to uh, uh, American politics, what's your feeling on China? I mean, I know we talked last week about Hong Kong, but now China's doing all sorts of maneuvers in the in the uh, uh, South China Sea. And I mean, are these guys um, are they are they on the march? Well, you know, I think I think uh, right. Everyone needs to recognize that China is a threat and is for the foreseeable future. Um, And there's a connection between them violating treaties, right? They've never entered entered into any international agreement they haven't broken, and also violating their neighbor's sovereignty, you know, building bases in the South China Sea where there there are, like, multiple countries that contest ownership of it. That's directly related to um, what they're doing in Hong Kong because they had, right, an agreement with the United Kingdom when they took over Hong Kong in 1997, to um, keep to this one country, two systems um, agreement where the basic law, China, Beijing said they would uh, abide by the basic law in Hong Kong, which basically meant meant people kept their Western freedoms, the right to assemble, right to free Mm -hmm. speech and things that they had under the Commonwealth. And now they're violating all that with these new national security laws thrust on Hong Kong. So if you um, break all your agreements to your own people, your own citizens, it shouldn't be a surprise that you act um, against the law and violate every agreement with, uh, on the international stage as well. But and you know, but I, I we're talking with Dr. Brett M. Decker. But one thing I was thinking of asking you, I'll ask you now: is uh, stock markets way up? Um, they take over Hong Kong, which you would think, you know, the, the international community and the, and the Wall Street would do a lot of stuff with Hong Kong, and you know, they would the market. It's a it's it's a very efficient and effective market uh, economy in, in Hong Kong, and it's clearly going to be headed a different direction. It, it, are, are we missing that? I mean, am I missing the uh, reality of what is coming? Or is it, you know, I mean, is it China going to run it well enough for the world to trade with it? I don't, it just doesn't seem s- smart to me. Well, I, you know, I think there are two factors here. One, China always plays the long game, and they know everyone forgets, right? They they, they can do anything they want, and people move on and, and pretty much let them get away with it. Um, so they're playing the long game. And I think they also know 
um, when you, when you get down to Western powers, um, greed is in play. So China, right? China has been brutalizing its own people since 1949, since Mao took over. And all we've done is make them richer by investing in China and buying all their junk at Walmart, right? So, so right. American and Western corporations will let China get away literally with murder, um, and all they do is double down on investing in China. And in China, right? I mean, they're, they know it's unlikely the West is going to cut them off, so um, they're, they're playing a, just a um, – I mean, it's a very cynical game, but one that they're, they've proven over the years they always win. We're talking with Dr. Brett M. Decker and uh, Dr. Decker, I, 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 I hear you and I see it. And I don't know, I guess we're just going to watch and we'll see what happens with China. Let me slide back to uh, domestic politics. Uh, the president gave this big speech at Mount Rushmore. Um, now, you're, you're somewhat famous, at least in, in, in my circles, for having seen a few years ahead of it that if Donald Trump ran on the issues of immigration and trade, that he could win his way uh, to the presidency through Pennsylvania and Michigan and some of the other Rust Belt states, so-called, as in you were referred to that back in the day. So uh, where are we now? The president gives a speech at Mount Rushmore in South Dakota. He basically says, you know, what's on the ballot in the fall is American history and a whole bunch of people, uh, a chunk of folks that look like they're aligned with the Democrats are against it. Uh, is that is that working? Is that going to work? Are people uh, are people seeing it? What, what's your sense of this? I mean, I think I think the president needs to be able to have a two prong attack. One you know, defending America, but he has to be able to get back on the economic game because that's where his poll numbers were starting to get high is when the economy was booming uh, before all the coronavirus lockdown. So I don't think if you make, if if the election is primarily just about a culture war, um, I don't think you went on that if the economy is still tanking and, and, un- and unemployment still really high. We're making some progress on that now on unemployment, but um, you're seeing deeper unemployment now because a lot of the recent job layoffs are people getting let go, companies permanently downsizing. So um, I think, you know, I, I, I think the president needs like a multi-prong attack. Um, I think people are going to get sick of this. Everybody's a racist nonsense, right? I mean, this idea mm-hmm. of all American history is racist, all white people are racist, if someone calls you racist or you're not racist, that means you're doubly racist. Well, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense, right? So, um, right. you know, if any, like, if people want to say, okay, this is a terrible country, tell me which one is better, you know? And right. and in the United States, right? Americans believe in fairness, and we've been spent a couple centuries consistently getting better, right? Addressing yeah. ills. Um, and, and I think if you look at the continuum of American history, it's always been on the march of progress and trying to improve the lot of people who have maybe a bad situation. Um, but that's an ongoing work, obviously. But it, if anything, Americans from day one have been committed to addressing it. And I, and I, and I think yeah. um, people who, who have goodwill get tired of being called racist, right? I mean, I, I um, yeah, it's you know, a, maybe and, and, a, and our mutual yeah. Yeah. Our, our mutual friend, uh, Jim Robbins, has a piece over at the USA Today. And I never heard of this that uh, did. You, I mean, did you know Jimmy Carter granted uh, the Confederate president, Jefferson Davis, uh, citizenship or restored it? Um, Gerald Ford restored Lee's citizenship in 75. In other words, where does this stop is, the, is his point in this essay, which is uh, let me get the title. Uh, Divi- as divisions threatens America, as divisions threaten America, the pressure to cancel presence is dangerous. And it's Jim Robbins, our friend uh, over at the USA Today. But that's the question, right, is what? 
how far does this go? I mean, you know, it turns out that, uh, you know, every president, every president or every leader is going to have had some, you know, foibles and some of them really serious. I mean, some of them really, you know, not. But that, as you point out, I guess my question, though, is if the covid the Wuhan virus drags out. You know, Harvard has said they won't go back to school in the fall. You know, my my father-in-law, who's more of a, you know, a salt of the earth Missouri boy, even though he's an engineer and an MBA. But he said, if the schools don't go back, the economy is going to have a hard time because all these people have to worry about their kids at home and daycare and child care and all these shifts. So we're in a position where we're fighting over presidents who were who was the worst and the economy might be stuck. I mean, it's it's a pretty daunting moment. No. Well, you know, I think you have a lot of forces that look and, and, and saw how popular Trump was becoming. And you do have a lot of forces being like, let's do anything we can to make it hard for him to win. Right. I mean, the, the social media companies are engaged now. Um, right. You have Twitter censoring uh, the president of the United States. Um, so you just imagine how much it's going to get ramped up the closer we get to Election Day. And, and I think, you know. This idea of let's adjudicate people from centuries ago based on 21st century um, morality and ethics is, right, just absurd. And if you look at who they're tearing down, it's not even just Washington or Jefferson. They're tearing down statues of Lincoln, right, who, who freed the slaves, who, you know, Without Lincoln, the thing wouldn't have happened, right? They probably would. The, the North probably would have thrown in the towel on the Civil War. They took down, you know, took down at a piece in USA Today two weeks ago about them tearing down statues of Ulysses Grant. I mean, he won the Civil War. What do you have to do, right? And also, as president, <laughs> he's the, he's the one that yeah. pushed through uh, voting rights for for uh, freed slaves and and Black Americans. So, like, uh, we, you know, they tore down a statue of. Um, 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 but whatever, all these union officers, right, and like people who died and, and, and were putting their lives on the line to end slavery are getting torn down. So, I mean, um, Frederick Douglass, right, a former slave, yeah. he had his statue right. torn down. It's just, it's, it's, it's kind of become such a farce now. But if you say it's a farce and if you say this is ridiculous, you can't take it seriously, well, then you're racist. So, right, I mean, it's just a completely insane situation. Yeah, it keeps spiraling, and the only question is whether it, when it stops, you know, you were saying it's a hot summer, sometimes, you know, sometimes it's as simple as the, uh, the, it gets hot in some places in the neighborhoods and people mellow out, although, you know, I I think um, last weekend you didn't see much. uh, Here's my last question for you, Dr. Decker. I don't know if you saw the images of Los Angeles, you know, the the Los Angeles mayor banned uh, fireworks, and so I think most Americans in Los Angeles decided they were going to fire them anyway. Did you fire off any illegal fireworks over the 4th of July? weekend i didn't you know i was in michigan i was taking it easy uh doing a little boating on the water um all right so i didn't didn't no no fireworks at all you know we have a in detroit we have this weatherman who lost an eye a few years ago doing some fireworks for his kids so i just figure you know yeah i'll just i'll just (laughs) hit that is uh, the lake that's a, all right. Well, I, I want to say for the record that I may or may not have actually fired off any illegal fireworks. But anyway, but I have all my digits <laughs> in my eyes, thankfully. So, all right, tell. Dr. Brett M. Decker, New York Times bestselling author and teacher of the Youth of America Defiance College. Thank you, as always. We'll talk again next week and we will take a break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. 
the Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Our old friend, Selena Zito. And you need to go to selenazito.com. That's Selena, S-A-L-E-N-A, Zito, Z-I-T-O.com. And get signed up, and she'll send you an email whenever she is writing something. She's a Washington Examiner, New York Post, periodically the Wall Street Journal, I noticed. And she's a contributor on CNN, too, and uh, has a book, of course, the bestseller, The Great Revolt, which is out, I guess, last fall in paperback. You can get that. So uh, welcome, Selena. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me. Happy Fourth of July! Yeah, just just after just after I mentioned it to you because I almost went up there. I almost went up there with my family because uh, it's our first, we're we're now living on the East Coast after all those years in Missouri. We almost went to Gettysburg for the Fourth and the celebration of the anniversary of Gettysburg. And you mentioned you've been there every year. So before I want to ask you about whether there was any of these I don't know protesters or whatever. But what's a, what's a normal you know non uh, publicized you know kind of maybe silly this kind of fourth of july what's the what what happens at gettysburg on the anniversary well the anniversary is july 1st 2nd and 3rd uh, but both the armies leave on the fourth um oh, yeah. uh, going their, their separate ways uh but and, and interestingly both armies leave gettysburg and don't think that they've won um because huh. For numerous reasons, uh, but you know, it, it is usually a very uh, both festive and solemn three-day stretch. Uh, there's mm-hmm. reenactments of, of each battle. Um, the town just you know lights up. Uh, people are walking everywhere. It's you know typically incredibly crowded. Uh, but in Pennsylvania, we have gone backwards with the. Uh, with the uh, mandates in our state through Governor Wolf. So the the crowds are much smaller. A lot of the little places in town aren't open. You know, the typical, you know, with the kitschy uh, um, mm-hmm. um, uh, souvenirs. And the reenactments were whittled down to very minimal, if any at all. Uh, so it, it isn't the usual boisterous, um, you know, family crowd that was there, but it, there was still a decent amount of people there, uh, and and it's it's something important to me to do every year. Uh, I go to Gettysburg a lot, but I I rarely miss going there um, over the uh, campaign anniversary weekend. Mm-hmm. So I, I wanted to ask you, th- thank you for that update. And by the way, again, selenazito.com, sign up there so she'll send you an email, her email when she writes. It's very helpful. I want, But I did want to go back. I love these pieces that you write. And this one is the Washington Examiner about this colonel, Colonel Fickle, and uh, in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. So walk me through who this, this gentleman is and how interesting he was and why you wrote about him. Well, I first met Colonel Fickle in two, 10 years ago uh, when hmm. uh, uh, Haiti had the earthquake. And I knew because uh, we had deployed uh, journalists with the Army as embeds in Iraq and Afghanistan that they were responding to the earthquake. And so I cold called him and, and convinced huh. him to put, uh, put us on the team. We were one of the first ones down in Haiti during the, uh, 
uh, wow. during the, the, the earthquake recovery 10 years ago. Uh, but Colonel Finn Fickle, and the reason I sort of made a point of, of, of writing about him is these are the young people that we don't talk about enough in the news. These aren't the type of young people that get clicks about their stories. Um, but he's, he has, he's a young man who knew at the age of seven years old, he went down to the uh, Boy Scout Jamboree to pick up his brother with his parents. And he knew right then and there, there was an Apache helicopter uh, pilot there giving a demonstration. And he said, oh, that's what I want to do. I, I want to do that right there. And, and wow. so from the age of seven, that was sort of imprinted in, in his psyche. Uh, and he goes. He only had a handful of people there for his um, his promotion ceremony. It's a very solemn and very beautiful ceremony. Uh, but he invited the people that 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 he said were instrumental to his development as a leader. So his mother-in-law was there, who also was his sixth-grade teacher and put him in detention for acting <laughs> up. Um, wow. uh, there was a, there were a couple soldiers there, a general that he served under, who he he believed and described with great you know detail about how they impacted him and turned him him into a leader. Um, and then he turned to his brother, who was also a military guy. And um, it's a very emotional moment. You know, it was almost as though the rest of us weren't there. Just the two men died and walked. And his brother went through not one but two bouts of cancer last year, got down to 80 pounds. And he just looks at his brother and says, you're the toughest person that I know. And and there wasn't a dry eye <laughs> around. <laughs> wow. um, but uh, then he went into a funny story about how he and his brother fought all the time. But nonetheless, these right. are very, the, the people like Colonel Fickle are very important to the fabric of who we are. Uh, they're not the, he's not the kind of person who's out there demonstrating um, uh, and or tearing down statues or defacing statues. Um, he might, um, you know, uh, we don't know what his personal beliefs are, but his service to country is what defines him, uh, and it's what mm-hmm. defines his family. And I think those kinds of stories are as important as the young people we continue to chronicle who choose different paths in this country and we're talking with selena zito and again you can go to selenazito.com to sign up for her email updates whenever she's writing so uh, uh a guy like that though you know when you read that piece you wrote they have an optimism about him right he's doing his job i guess he's a, he's a colonel now so is he is he at the um is he at the college there is that his job now or at the col- uh, army yeah, war college is that army. he was at the army Air war college he's done tours in iraq in Afghanistan, he's also been stationed in Korea and all over the Middle East. He even uh, was uh, the uh, right-hand man for CENTCOM General Lloyd Austin, um, the, hmm. the general that, that closed out uh, um, our presence in Iraq. And um, he's on to another post in, in in Baltimore, and um, I suspect we will see him as a general um, sooner rather than later. 
So does does the you know with all this um, noise and you know you'd be someone who'd have an interesting perspective as having been a, you've been at um, you know big newspapers you've been at uh, smaller papers you've been at national you know and but all the noise from the media of everything that's falling apart and then a guy like that that he's just plugging along he's got his, fa- his brother and his family and his kids and all uh, do are people getting like him are they getting frustrated with what they hear or, or is it or is it just noise that's going past them no they get incredibly frustrated to what they not only hear but what they see you know it's really interesting ed for me as a journalist if if i if i check out social media uh or and or read national news it is a completely different world than what than, than the world that that i cover which is mostly outside of dc and new york uh, people are, are heart sick, no matter what their ideology are, of watching our history being destroyed. I mean, this is no different than watching what Stalin did or what they did in Syria with all the icons and the statues, right. uh, the things that were meaningful right. and defining of their history to see them disturb, disturbed or disrupted or defaced or torn down. Um, you know, people believe that history is not perfect. And there are good parts right. to it and bad parts to it. But we don't learn from either side, good or bad, if we don't review and think about what happened. Uh, because it, mm-hmm. while history may not repeat itself, it certainly does echo itself. I think that was Mark Twain that said something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that's right, that's uh, right. Uh, um, so- so, um, Selena, I, I'm going to run out of time, but I want to say two things. One is, and set this up by this, the Great Revolt, which you wrote with Brad Todd, and Brad Todd is a kind of expert on the politics campaigns, and you, of course, are a journalist, and you wrote about what the populist coalition reshaping American politics. So um, right now, you also are obviously hail from Pennsylvania, and, and you know uh, Joe Biden well, his politics as well as his trajectory. Where are we in that race? Is Joe Biden able to position himself right now as a, as an antidote to Trump's uh, excitement or chaos? Is that working? What's your feeling on that? And what do, what do voters think out there? Well, I think Trump's biggest challenge is, is he's always been the bomb thrower and he's never had a diffused bomb. And so that is what he, is, he has to learn to navigate. Uh, that's because culture and society and um, uh, viral pandemics are, thro- are, are disrupting everything in our world. Uh, I think right. you saw a, a good glimpse of how he does it effectively. Uh, his his uh, speech at Mount Rushmore was powerful. It was um, um, aspirational, uh, despite mm-hmm. what the New York Times and Washington Post wrote about it. Uh, right. You know, th- that's the tone that he needs to set one of strength and one of bringing people together and one of reminding people that, you know, we're all in this together. If he's able to continue to set forth that message, then I I think that Biden has some problems. I don't think Biden's ahead by double digits. We just don't win elections that way in this country in forever. I think since Ronald Reagan, right? Uh, Right. So, you know, uh, just in, in, in the Great Revolt, we did polling at the end. 
uh, with yep. uh, voters from Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Ohio. And we asked them, "Did you tell um, who did you tell that you were going to vote for Trump?" Well, thirty-four <laughs> percent of them said they didn't tell a family member, friend, or a pollster <laughs> they were voting for him. Exactly. I right. thought that's going right. to end it right there. That's my answer to you. Yeah. 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 Okay. I got to run. Selena Zito, as always, great to be with you. SelenaZito.com. Go there and sign up for her updates. You won't regret it. She's the best writer right now out there on uh, what's going on with the American people. So we'll take a quick break and be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Be back in a moment. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer San Diego. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. I'm sure you've heard me talk about the leftist agenda on so many of our college campuses. At Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, we consider it an important part of our mission to call out this leftist agenda so parents can be more informed about where they're sending their kids off to every autumn. However, today I'd like to applaud a college for standing up for what's right in spite of terrible pressure from the left. Scottsdale Community College rightly defended a professor who didn't ignore radical Islam when teaching his students about contemporary terrorism. On a quiz, Dr. Nicholas Damask asked his students, who do terrorists strive to emulate? The obvious answer to this question is Muhammad, but the politically correct left was still outraged. They also objected to such questions as, where is terrorism encouraged in Islamic doctrine and law? Factually speaking, it is undeniable that terrorism is justified within the context of jihad in Islam. Likewise, the Medina verses in the Quran clearly encourage terrorism against non-Muslims. Despite these historical facts, Professor Damask received a stream of death threats and other messages too vile to be repeated on this program. One even called for a shooting on Scottsdale Community College's campus. As you might expect from the liberals in academia, the school initially promised that Professor Damask would be forced to apologize for these questions. However, this didn't deter the conservative professor, who doubled down by citing specific primary source documents proving his point. Eventually, Chancellor Stephen Gonzalez apologized to Dr. Damask and issued a statement to the public about the importance of academic freedom. The statement asserts that, Education at our institution is open to all individuals, regardless of their beliefs or backgrounds. We also expect our students and faculty to engage fully with the ideas and perspectives of others, even when they disagree with each other. I applaud Chancellor Gonzalez for taking this bold step and making this statement. The freedom to make civil arguments backed up by facts should be the foundation of every institution of higher learning in our great nation. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Do you have a college-bound son or daughter? Do you care about the next generation? At phyllisschlafly.com, we expose the liberal agenda and anti-Christian mindset found on most college campuses and help equip conservative students to stand up for their beliefs. Visit us at phyllisschlafly.com. And join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Pro-America Report with Ed Martin on The Answer San Diego. 
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Great interviews today, and I went a few minutes long with each of them, so uh, I've just got a couple of minutes left here. And let me um, let me go back and refer to a, um, a uh, question that I got from yesterday's Wink. And if you didn't get yesterday's Wink, you can go to ProAmericaReport.com and sign up there uh, to get a daily email to you. And you can also see the Wink, uh, which is always what well, the first segment of my show is always called the Wink, what you need to know. And so yesterday I said it's time to stand up. We were talking about that. Well, I got a text from one of our listeners, and you can always text me, by the way, at 314-256-1776, 314-256-1776, at Eagle Ed Martin on Twitter. Direct messages are open. Uh, also on Facebook, Ed Martin Live. And you can email me directly, ed at edmartinlive.com, ed at edmartinlive.com. So I got a, a, a text from one of our listeners, uh, John, in, uh, I guess he didn't put his city. Um, no, I don't know his city, but I assume he was down in um, the San Diego area. And he said he was listening to the program, and he was frustrated because he said, well, thanks, Ed. You know, I appreciate stand up. He said, but what can we do? And you know what I, th- I thought of? I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to come up. I told you I'm going to come up with more concrete steps. I'm working on some things that will have to do with uh, protecting our election, the integrity of it, um, some poll watching programs that people that are patriots can say, hey, I'm going to sign up to be a part of the protection of our election integrity. I got a few other ideas. And obviously getting involved in campaigns is big, um, not only in a presidential campaign, but Senate and governor and congressional and governor, anything. Getting involved to make your voice heard is a big deal. But here's what I want. I, I, I have always been I've been fascinated by sort of how to change your mindset. You know, I often quote uh, Mike Cernovich used that term so well with his book, Guerrilla Mindset. Um, he sort of got me thinking mindset. There's also some famous uh, other books that have been written about mindset um, that are uh, kind of uh, more uh, um, how to say uh, um, uh, more um, uh, psychological kind of uh, the, the most famous one is Carol Dweck Dweck D W E C K wrote a book called Mindset and it's about uh, uh, how you uh, change your your my, uh, psychology of success that's the phrase so I've been fascinated by that and one of the things that I know about it is you have to change what you do in little ways so one thing I just will post up online. Virginia's government has started to tell some of its construction sites, take down the American flag. Here's a little step, John. Put up the American flag. You might not want to put up a Trump yard sign yet, but put up the American flag in front of your house. If everybody started doing that, the flag unites us. It's a little thing, and I told you, John, I'll get back to more. I know it's not much of an answer, but it's a step. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm getting a new flag for my house, for, to hang on our house. I have. We have one. It's a smaller one. We're going to get a bigger one. All right, I got to run, unfortunately. Ran out of time. It's Ed Martin, Pro-America Report. Thank you to Randy for filling in for Noah, our technical director, and Joanna for booking the show. We'll be back tomorrow night. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Talk to you tomorrow.